Welcome to the Hashtag Hope Wall Podcast with your host, Destiny Davies, proudly brought to you by The Solitude Project, bringing you conversations behind closed doors where others share their stories of love, hope, and inspiration, including the tools they have used to overcome adversities in this journey called life. To the world, you may be one person, but to one person, you may be the world. Hey guys, it's Destiny here and welcome to episode 7. Today we have the lovely Renee Cassini who will be sharing her story inside the depths of depression. We have Renee who is here to share part of her story. I'm really thankful to have you here Renee. So take us on your journey yes so um i thought well i guess i I don't know we just spoke about it now but um i think the reason that i am here or had the pull to turn into a space like this was that i am in the middle of uh, i don't like words i don't like labeling it a depressive state but it's what most people would recognize it as um because I don't like attaching limitations to something that we experience. So I use the word depressive state because it's what could be most common or most relatable, although I'm not attached to it being just that. What I know to be true is that this feeling is familiar. Um, I've experienced it. I can remember all the way back to being 18, 19, the same feeling that comes over me and it's very trunk space like it's not up here it's not in my arms it's not in my legs it's very much chest and in my body and it's there all of the time um the only time actually the only time is when survival kicks in if someone was to throw a ball at me and i had to catch the ball i wouldn't notice i wouldn't be aware that the feeling is inside of my body But day to day, moment to moment, that feeling is there 80% of my day at the moment. Um, Something that um, I come to yesterday, um, I think that our brain observes our physical emotions. So we have emotions that happen in our body um, which is a reaction to an external stimulus. Yep, something happens externally to us and our body emotionally reacts. It's a physical feeling. Our feelings are associated to our observation of that emotion. I don't think that feelings and emotions are the same thing. I think that they are interchangeable and that they are on opposite sides of the same coin. My observation of my physical experience, my observation only exists in my mind and my mind only exists in a time of what has happened up until now. It can't create anything new without new information. Mm. So it's on repeat of everything that has happened in my life, how I've seen and experienced the world up until this moment. So I have an emotion or a physical reaction in my body, 
my brain observes it and then attaches a thought or a story and says, I feel X, Y, Z. Emotions can be monitored through pupil dilation, sweat glands, heart. Um, Shock is emotion. Our body goes into shock. Our body um, can experience um, excitement. Our heart races, our stomach starts to move. We can monitor these things in our body, but feelings, not so much. We can't monitor them. No. They're an observation of it. Yes. This is an this is an emotion. And yesterday, and over my journey, I've gotten to a point where I think if we're experiencing an emotion that we've never observed before, how does the brain know that it's anything new? It can't. So it will observe it as something that it previously has already experienced. Attaching it Attaching to it. Attaching it to something, right? So this is why I don't like to attach this physical feeling to the word depression, because it may or may not be. I know that it's physical, and I know that it's in my trunk, and I know that it isn't a positive feeling. It doesn't make me want to pull towards things. It makes me want to push away from things. I know that it doesn't make me want to smile. It doesn't make me want to jump for joy. I know that it doesn't make me want to um, do the things that usually bring me joy. I don't care about food. I just eat because I don't like the feeling of being hungry. I don't care for the things that I usually care for with this physical emotion in my body. So whatever that is, that's what I'm experiencing. And I think that the world would say that that's a depressive state to uh, to some point. Um, I think what I noticed yesterday, because um, as we were saying earlier, we reach out to the people closest to us. And if they don't have the tools and resources to change the physical emotion in our body, we feel a little more hopeless and go well what is wrong with me nothing will help nothing can fix it i'm gonna feel like this forever and feeling like this forever is a dark hole of misery and nothing could make me want to stay in this space forever so then your brain starts to go well how do i get out of it if i've gone to the person closest to me or my support system closest to me and they haven't changed how i feel how do i stop myself from feeling like this forever and in, an, in a moment of urgency, people will go to anything to make them feel like the rest of their life's not going to feel like this. And I think that a lot of addictions, and not even just what we consider negative addictions, whether it's exercise, which is addictive to some point, sleep, which is my go-to. I'm a sleep person. I feel like this. All I want to do is sleep because I don't have to think. I don't have to feel. So I just shut down I just and turn shut it down, off. just shut down turn it off. <clears throat> Except that then creates physical things that happen in the body, right? But all we're looking for is some form of relief, some form of relief to stop feeling physically the way that we're feeling. And you can have moments of it, but I get extremely frustrated when I look at the things that if you were to Google, what do I do when I'm depressed? (laughs) Um, Sitting and meditating is not going to help me. I'm not a visual person. I can't visualize in my head in images. I am a words person. I um, am a feelings person. So meditation will help me sleep and help me relax, but it's not a place of escape that I can go to when I'm physically feeling like this. 
going for a walk is great but my brain instantly says you've been on this journey for way too long Nate and you know going for a walk is only going to help you for an hour and there's 24 hours in today so what's the point of going for a walk for an hour and feeling like shit for 23 fuck that I go to exercise because I know that to be true it doesn't exercise for me um, brings me back to baseline I don't feel the endorphins or the positive feel good that they talk about and I think that that is something really important people I think that's why people don't go to exercise as much as they should or movement or they don't want to do things because they might go and do it and not feel the feel good feelings because all it's done is brought them back to baseline or all it's done is given them just a moment in time where they didn't feel that push away from something it just gave them a little thing but they go well I don't feel all of these fancy funky happy feelings that everyone talks about so what's the point of doing it because the lead up to me to get to somewhere to exercise is traumatic it's horrible sometimes it could take me two hours to convince myself that exercise is the thing that I need right now and so two hours of suffering, of convincing myself it's the right thing to do, is it really worth that one hour of just bringing myself back up to baseline? When we're in that survival state, I'm not looking at it over the next four weeks. If I did it for the next four weeks every single day, would I feel better on week five? No, I'm not thinking that. When you're in a depressive state, it's purely survival. It's purely, I want to feel it now or it's not it's not worth it how do I how do I change how I feel or how I'm emotionally experiencing the world now and if it's not going to change it now I don't want it so what's the point of going to therapy because what's an hour conversation going to do when there's 24 hours in a day you know like that's the way my brain sees these things of hope because I've experienced it for so long and yesterday so like I was saying I reached out to my most close support system and then I reach out to the next level and the same thing yesterday was the first time I've been in therapy since I was 11 on and off up until I was 19 I went to a self-help center on my own for um, adults who had experienced child abuse and have been in therapy since I was 19 I have tried all sorts of different therapies um, and self-development techniques and so and I know they work and they all have. They have all worked for me in their own beautiful way. And I take away, I feel like I wouldn't be who I am today without the therapy, not without the trauma. The trauma is a different thing for me, but the therapy has been the thing that shaped me and the self-development and the growing, that ability to step into a space and take on board things that people are sharing and, and giving you resources and learning that shapes me not what happened that it's that ability that resilience to step into a space that really shapes me um but yeah that's why like I get to these points where I've tried so many different things that my brain goes like well that's not going to work for you now because you've tried it and you still feel like this you've been on that journey for how many years and you still feel like this so if it didn't work because you're back here why are you gonna do it again why are you wasting your time these are the stories and in that moment you don't get that like but it did give you a moment of relief but it did it was a life jacket you know it was and that's how I explain it to people close to me if you could imagine drowning in the ocean alone you've just been thrown off a boat and there's a huge big storm and you are panicking for your life and you can't swim that's what it feels like and 
somehow you might go and exercise for an hour, reach out and talk to a friend, go to therapy, and, and it's literally a life jacket. And it just automatically appeared. You didn't know where it come from. You didn't even have to put it on. And all of a sudden, you can just relax into the life jacket and tilt your head back and take a breath and just breathe. The storm's still there. Yeah. But in that moment, you just breathe and you get this sense of relief. And then all of a sudden, the life jacket's, jacket's gone again and you're back in the fucking ocean drowning and you're like, what the fuck? And now in this ocean of drowning, I have to make a decision of what's going to make me feel better the next time when I can't breathe. And people are like, why do you, why are you so negative? Why aren't you taking things on board? Because I'm fucking drowning. <laughs> I'm drowning. So I reached out to this next level and I found the same thing that was, and I've never seen it before. The same thing that my husband says to me came up with these group of people who are very different. These group of people aren't the same. They come from all walks of life and for all of them to show the same thing and to respond with me with the same thing, I was like, hold on a second. Because patterns are real, right? Yes. Patterns are real. And that is another thing I believe to be true. There's a pattern, like you need to look at the pattern. And I thought to myself, hold on a second. They're all getting to this point of frustration and um, irritation because I'm arguing all of the positive things they're telling me. I'm not taking it on board. I'm getting irritated because what they're telling me is not helping. And I love them dearly and they love me, but it's just, I can see it happening. And I thought to myself, hold on a second. What is a depressive state? And I thought about it and a depressive state chemically is a neurotransmitter in your brain. Um, I know there's four major ones of them, but dopamine and ser serotonin are two really big ones. And for me, low serotonin can be the cause of why this physical feeling unbalances, unbalances right? So it's a physical feeling. So if we go back to what I was saying where the emotion is physical mm -hmm. and then I observe the emotion and then I attach a feeling to it and then a story, yeah. if I strip the mind from it and say serotonin is low, I have this feeling as a cause and effect of the serotonin low, this conversation is speaking to my story and my story is attached to this physical experience mm -hmm. but it's not relatable because the serotonin low isn't what I'm seeing in the world. No. It's not. So I have always put this feeling associated to the fact that I live below my potential and that I don't have a purpose in this world. And what's the point of me getting up every day and doing this mundane day-to-day -day stuff when the only other thing that I know to be true is death? What is the point of it all? And I have this story associated to that feeling. So when someone says to me, you know, find something that you really enjoy. And I say, why? Why would I do something enjoyable in a moment that feels so shitty when that moment's going to disappear and I'm going to have another shitty moment and you just want me to repeat the thing that, like, it's not always going to feel good. Do I want to go to work and earn money to so sacrifice my time for money to, to spend that money doing something that I enjoy, to know that it's just a routine of that in itself with no bigger purpose, no bigger influence on the world other than just myself. That's where my brain observes this feeling, right? And so it creates these stories. And what I've done is I've always looked, okay, well, when this feeling comes, I'm dissatisfied. My job's not working. I'm a complete fucking failure. Um, all of these stories. And so when I have these conversations with people, that's what I talk about. 
And yesterday, a lot of my conversation was, I'm not sure where to go next with my career. But everything that people gave me, I was like, no, nah, that's not the answer. I rebutted it. No, nah, that's not going to work. When I realized the pattern and I said to myself, hold on, the observation or the story I've attached to this feeling doesn't exist. It's not there. That story and that feeling, that the story is not why that feeling is here. Mm. The feeling is here because my serotonin is low. So instead of talking about my career or why I feel hopeless or why I feel like a failure or why I feel like there's no purpose, what, because our brains, our brain wants to keep us safe, right? And our brains need a job. Yes. If they don't have a job, they'll find one. Yes. <laughs> right? So, like, it's trying to keep me safe with its best of its abilities. It's trying to attach a story so that I can find a solution for the story to change the physical feeling. But it hasn't realised that the serotonin is low and that that's the fucking problem. Mm. So instead of the story being, what do I do with my career, maybe the conversation should have been, hey, my serotonin's really low, this is what it feels like, what can I do to raise my serotonin? Mm. What can I do? Not, hey, find a hobby. What can I do physically that is scientifically proven to raise my serotonin? What if that was the problem that my brain had to fix? Not my career, not why I feel like a failure, not because that's a trauma trap. All these other elements. All these other elements. And that's where I feel like it gets confused these days where people in depressive states say, this positive self-talk isn't going to fucking help me. It's not going to help me. You're just creating more problems for me. I'm putting a highlight on all of the areas in my life that when my serotonin, my dopamine or whatever it is, my chemicals are at a normal baseline and my body's functioning... When I can look at these problems in my life and say, okay, that area of my life is a little bit unsettled, I might be actually able to find a solution that I can stick to. But trying to find a solution for that area that I'm unsatisfied with when my serotonin and my dopamine levels are low is never going to work. So the, the actual conversations need to be, how do we raise your serotonin? And so I wrote a list last night and I was like, what? Because Googling it, what did you end up finding? Um, find something that excites you. Now, nothing excites me if I talk about it. So you're an action person. It has to be. Because yes. the physical feeling, again, that pull-to, you're not going to have <clears throat> that pull-to when your serotonin's so low. You have to have action. Yeah. You have to have action. And you can't think about it. Because thinking That's about it creates a story and then you're going to get down a fucking rabbit hole of why everything else is shit and there's no fucking purpose to it. And you're going to get exhausted because thinking about why I should do all of these things is too much fucking hassle. I don't want to think about it. I just want action. Like, just action. And so I, I wrote on this list, like, find something that excites you that's new and maybe I'm not the one to find it. Because I can't, I don't physically have the mental energy or the capacity to do it, right? So when we reach out to those support people, force me to do something new. Don't ask me what I want. Mm. Because what I want is to fall asleep and escape from this physical feeling. And help. you're going to have to deal with me being a little bit of a jerk and saying, I really don't want to do that. In order to get you out there to do, oh, wow, this is... 
I literally did this yesterday with somebody, so hearing it now is a yeah, light bulb like, moment. But it's yes, not continue. it's not about asking for permission. You your relationships have happen, to yeah. your relationships have to be strong enough in that moment that that person that you rely on or those support systems are happy to come in and say, All right, get in the fucking car, sis, we're going. Where are we fuck I can't go, yes you can, get in the fucking car. And if one person's not gonna work, you call on three other people and you bring the fun to them. And you say, like, okay, you want to sit down here and sleep? Then all of us are sitting here and sleeping together. And I'm going to create a game that you don't have to think about, but you're going to get interactive with. Because the way we raise our serotonin levels is through action. It's not through thinking about action, because I don't want to fucking think about it. I've got too many arguments and too many stories. And this isn't even bringing trauma into it. You then bring trauma into somebody who's having a depressive... It's a whole fucking element. Because now, for me, I have I can't ask for help because I've had to mask um, and be super um, resilient my entire life. And asking for help means that there's a weakness. And if there's a weakness, you can take advantage of me. And I don't have the energy to protect myself right now. And I don't have the people to support me because I've been abandoned by my parents from a very young age. So I have this trauma belief that if my parents will abandon me, so will anyone else when their desires are more important than mine. So I can't, I, you have to have those relationships strong enough that that person knows like, okay, she's just going through a rough time. If she gets the shits with me, when she's on the she's other side of it, she's still gonna love me. You know, I'm, I'm still gonna be there. It's just this moment in time needs to happen. And um, that whole exciting thing yesterday, because even reading, when you Google how to raise your serotonin, good sleep, or well, yes, sleep been does. Having <laughs> sleep. been having plenty of sleep, probably more than I need to right now, yes. but yes. Cool. Tick. Sleep is my escape. So for me, where I know other people in states of depression might be in a state of insomnia. So sleep for them might be. Mm-hmm. But what do they need to be in a safe environment to feel relaxed enough to sleep? Mm-hmm. You know, what can we do to support that person to get healthy sleep? Because they can't do it on their own. Or they, they can. I'm not saying that, that they, they physically can, can't. They can, but it's hard work. Yeah. And that hard work is the thing that creates this, the time between getting sleep. And it could be two weeks. You go, okay, I really need to get sleep. So what do you start doing? You start listening to meditation. You have long baths. But all through that action, you still feel like shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You still feel like shit. You still have six hours of procrastinating before you choose to try something new because it wasn't just a procrastination of I'm lazy and don't want to. It's a state of anxiety of I have to argue the stories in my head of why that's worthy and why is it even, why am I even going to do it? Because I'm going to feel like this tomorrow. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fight for six hours to get myself a couple of hours to sleep when I know that sleep isn't going to raise my serotonin overnight. So I'm going to wake up feeling like shit again tomorrow. That's the stories that go on in my head. So everything that comes to me, I've instantly got this like, that's not going to fucking work. And if it does, it's only going to work for a little while. So I need to look at the long term and go, how can I manage this for the rest of my fucking life? Because I am going to have another moment. I am going to have another episode that sends me back down. So what can I do? When I'm not feeling like this, I'm going to create so many resources and maybe send a letter out to all of the people that I love and say, hey, open this when you see that I've started to withdraw. And I've got a list of things in here and I give you permission. I give you permission to rock up at my doorstep and walk through my door and say, I'm not leaving until 
XYZ. F off, right? But you said no. You said no. But you're right though, because that I think that's a beautiful suggestion that you've said when you do come out of the space mm-hmm. that you're currently in. Wow, that's because you can't powerful. do it in it. You know? No, because you're that's not thinking the, and about that's what that I thought yesterday. Is like, um, so I have this feeling happening in my body or this emotion in my body, and for the last five weeks, I have spent probably five to six hours a day internalizing solutions. That's exhausting. I'm doing that with many years of therapy and self-development, so I can't imagine how overwhelming that would feel for somebody who didn't have the resources that I have. If that's exhausting for me and someone that doesn't have the resources, holy shit, like, I take my hat off to them. And I was there at some point too. Like, I get it. We've all, we have to go through those stages. But it is exhausting to be in that space and try to come up with solutions. And I'm arguing with my head that just has an argument for fucking everything. And I get the shits with it. And I said this yesterday to um, one of my friends. I said, I'm not arguing with you. I'm observing the argument happening in my head too, you know. I'm listening to the argument. I don't identify with my thoughts or stories because they aren't me. They are just on repeat of everything that's happened in my life. I am not my thoughts. So when shit comes out of my mouth, trust me, I know how shit it sounds because I'm listening too. And I'm here going like, come on, Nay, see the bright side in this. Come on, please. But I don't have control as the listener or the observer in this human experience to change the chemicals in my body. That's our spiritual journey, right? We have to sit back and watch and be patient, be unconditional. That's, our, that's our, where all of the lesson comes, when we put separation between thought and obs- observer, thought and observer, when we put that space between it and we watch this journey of humanness happen with my stories and my thoughts and my feelings, and then I experience the physical emotions And I'm still up here watching it all going, I don't really have much control over any of it. And I'm really trying to like guide my human side through this world, you know, like it's not until, and I remember saying to her like, please see me in this as well. Don't just listen to my words because they're not me. You know, that's, that is my story attaching to this feeling and I can see it, but it's not me. It's like a child that has a tantrum. You know that that child's just overwhelmed. You know that that child, that, that tantrum isn't that child. You know that that's just a moment in time. And we, we have forgiveness and understanding for children because we say, like, they're just kids. They're growing up. We're just adult kids. We're just grown. We're still growing yeah. up too. <laughs> we're, just, we're, we're, just, we're just children in adult bodies expected to have all of the fucking answers, but we don't. We don't because our parents didn't have the answers. It's so true that you touched on that because so many of us walk around with those stories that we told ourselves as children, whether we realize it or not, but they we have a huge impact, yeah. but we see it from the eyes of the child, yeah. not as an adult, you would look at it very differently from those experiences you previously had because you understand more and hopefully we have more wisdom, but when you're a child, you don't know any you better. So yeah. it is your world at that point in time. So. Mm-hmm. And we are because we're still we're still so attached and identified with that story and thought. Mm. So when that thought says I am unworthy, it connects back to all the stories. But you you're not observing that thought. No. You've already identified that that is you, mm. and you are unworthy. 
And when we separate that thought and I listen to it and I hear my mind say, you are unworthy, I'm now sad. I don't feel unworthy, but I'm compassionate because my brain isn't functioning as it should be because it's telling me that I'm worthy and every fucking human is worthy. Mm. So like if I was to stick to the facts, my brain's not factual. That in itself, it's not <coughs> factual. Every human is worthy. Yes. Every human, no matter what, no matter what walk of life they've taken. Every human is worthy. But <coughs> I, I have attached to that. I am unworthy. Mm. I now feel unworthy. If I if I sit here and hear it, I then look at it as though it's happening outside of me and then I create compassion for myself and being like, oh honey. You are so worthy. But even observing it and saying that to myself, it might just be a flicker of a moment. And then it passes. And then it passes, right? But but that observation, that observation, I think is where in every moment I keep hope. Because it's only when I lose the ability to observe and re-identify with the stories and thoughts that I then go back into this whole journey of fucked upness, it's you not know. Fucked upness, excuse it, it me. It feels that. I know like it feels that, like, you know? like definitely that's what it not. Feels it's like it feels like it feels like chaos, and it feels like you see every other person outside of your experience because we're so self-absorbed, which is healthy because we are only experiencing our journey, right? Um, which is fine. I can only feel this. And this is, again, like I was saying to you earlier, watching my husband, watching his facial reactions when I tell him something that's hard and he doesn't have the facial reaction that says, oh, honey, I'm sorry you feel like that. My brain goes, well, of course he doesn't fucking care. You're miserable. Like, you're miserable. You don't bring any good to this world. But I've seen that, but I don't know what he's thinking or feeling. Mm -hmm. And it's not until I ask the question and I say to him, what's going on? Your face hasn't changed and you not changing your face creates this story in my head that you don't care because I'm miserable. Is that what's happening? Mm -hmm. And he says, no, honey, I was just thinking how to word a question for you. Just give me a little bit of time, you know? But like if I couldn't observe the thoughts and feelings and then have space to ask, I would just be would in stick that. To I would story stick to that story and continue to tell yourself yes. that even though as even you though found out after that it wasn't true. It's not true. So then what would have happened is I've seen his face not react. The story is attached to the fact that I'm a miserable person and he's detaching from me because I'm miserable, miserable and, and be depressed. And I would then start withdrawing from him being like, oh shit, like he's going to leave me and my biggest trigger is abandonment. So there's that trigger gone because my trauma traps now come into place. And this isn't even a depressive state anymore. This is a trauma trap of a story that I've just taken myself back to when I was five years old and my parents walked out on me. I don't know that that's why that abandonment issue is there in that moment. But, I don't know, but I've played it out. And so I, I step back from my husband as we're laying in bed. I roll over and he goes, babe, why'd you roll over for? And I go, oh, nothing. It's fine. Go to sleep, honey. And then I play out this story in my head of every time somebody let me down or every time I felt abandoned or every time my heart got broken and I cry myself to sleep because I don't want to tell him that that's what's going on in my head because that just means that I'm more miserable and being miserable is the reason he's going to leave and abandon me anyway. 
that's what would happen if I didn't say to him, hey, there's this story going on in my head. I've observed it. And like, this is the story and it's created the feeling. So now I'm physically feeling it as well. The sensations going on in my body. But like, can you tell me if it's real? What's real? Because I don't know what's real right now, you know? And I have to trust him enough and lean, he has to lean into me. And again, when, when you're out of those depressive states, it's creating that, that place of like, okay, what can I do for you when you're in that moment, you know? And I'm just extremely lucky that Michael will give me his time to have conversations. That's what I need. I need to be able to tell you all of the stories in my head and I know that it's going to get exhausting because there's lots of them because my mind never shuts the fuck up. It seems to have, like, even <laughs> this morning is a great example of it because it happens even before I open my eyes. Like, I'm observing the stories in my head before my eyes are even opened. And that, this morning, is, I was just like, oh, wow. Like, holy shit. No wonder people hit snooze. No wonder people hit snooze because we had we went to bed quite late last night. We got talking. Life's been busy. It was like 11:30. Sleep is very important to me. I need at least seven or eight hours sleep. I set my alarm for 5:30. I knew it wasn't going to happen. I wanted it to happen because after realizing that what are the things that raise my serotonin levels, exercise is definitely one of them. So the thing that I said. Um, Okay, this is off topic from where I was, but it's really important. We are told to learn how to have a great relationship with ourselves, right? We need to know ourselves better than we know anyone outside of us. And I agree, totally agree. Except for this one point that I realized yesterday. If my, if my instincts and my feelings are the things that guide me through life, right? But my serotonin levels are low, so my physical feeling isn't actually me. How do I know the difference? Because they feel very similar. How do I know the difference, right? And yesterday I said to Michael, oh, I think I've got it. And he said, what? And I said, I feel like this towards any aspect of my life. I feel withdrawn. Um, I feel misery. I feel disappointed. I feel... Um, like there's no hope there, there's no point, a bit melancholy about it all. When I look at my friends, when I look at my family, when I look at my work life, I said to Michael, even when I look at you, and I'm deeply in love with my husband, but even when I look at him, and he said to me on the weekend, you want to go for a walk down to the water? Nah, nah, I don't want to do that. It's too much effort. What's the point? What's the point of driving all the way down there, dealing with traffic, to walk along the water, when I'm still going to feel like this at the end of it? When I'm not in this state, that's not how I feel. That's not how I feel about it. I'm an outdoors person. I want to be outside all of the time. Um, what's the point of pruning my garden when it's going to grow back? What's a waste, what a waste of time. That's not helping anything in life. Like these things happen. But I said to him, this feeling is associated to any aspect of my life. That's not real. That's not factual. Because... Different things should create different thoughts and feelings. Yes. So if I'm having the same emotional reaction to, to everything, then what I'm feeling isn't factual. Mm. So I can't trust how I feel right now, which means when I get that feeling, I don't want to do that. Is that really my feeling? No. 
it might not be when I'm in a depressive state. So yesterday when I said I needed to do things that excited me and I need to raise my serotonin levels, the other thing that I wrote was don't let my emotions trick me. Don't let the um, I don't want to do that be the reason that I don't want to do it. Because that is associated to this feeling that's pulling me away from everything. So if I stick to facts and say to myself, for the next four weeks, I'm going to do the things that I know when I look at my life up until this moment. What are the things that I have enjoyed before in moments when I wasn't in this state? Now I'm going to do those things no matter how I feel because I'm actually going to disassociate from how I'm feeling right now. And I'm going to create a dialogue with myself and I'm going to write it down and I'm going to record a video for myself that I'm going to replay back to myself um, every time that I get attached to that, I don't want to do that. And I'm going to look in the mirror and I'm going to say for the next four weeks, despite how it turns out, for the next four weeks I'm going to stick to this. I'm going to go and train or move my body every day. I'm going to hydrate. I'm going to get outside. I'm going to have um, a conversation with somebody that isn't about me. I don't want it to be about me. I'm going to have a conversation with somebody about how they feel. And I'm not going to allow, but is this going to change how I feel? Be part of this. Be part of this conversation, right? Because I've been taught that my emotions are really important and that's how I learn what's good for me and what's not good for me. But then that gets confusing when you're depressed Mm. because how how do you know what's real or what's not real? You don't. You don't know at all given i mean and you're right we don't know what we don't know we don't know know. know we don't but if i base if i base what i know of how i'm feeling then i would say like this yeah what can i trust what can i do like i can't do shit because it all sounds like i'm listening to everything you shared and i know that you've probably still got even more to share which i'm looking forward to but i just wanted to say the tools that you've given justin Mm -hmm. You said that you will record yourself. Mm. I mean, it makes me want to cry. I could, it's just a really simple yet powerful tool. I don't know if you realise. <laughs> I know, like, I know in, right now in this space, if you realise how powerful the information that you're sharing with people mm. that are sitting in this space is, and it's simple things that a lot of the things you need to do by yourself as in like when you said writing that letter to give it to your friends yes you will give it to those ones that are close to you but you have to do that yeah you have to it, it really starts with you but even you saying I'm going to commit to these things I don't know if it's going to work but I'm still going to commit to the things that I loved before I got into this space yeah you have to because someone said to me recently um, <laughs> you can only ever see three feet in front of you And if you don't take one step forward, your vision always stays the same. So if I step even half a step forward, I get half a step of new vision. What depression or depressive states, whatever word we want to associate to that is, it keeps you still. So you only have three foot of vision. That is factual. And facts, facts are not emotional. So when I say, give me a fact, I don't, want, I don't want opinion, I don't want emotion, I want fact. And that is fact. I can only see to the horizon because my eyes limit 
how far I can see. Mm. But if I take a step forward, the horizon also goes a little bit further, right? Like yeah. my, my world gets bigger. So if I, I know that that's to be true and I take that into for the next four weeks, every day I just take half a step forward. Not because I have this goal that at the end of four weeks I'm not going to be on no, the other side of this. Because I don't want to put that as my end goal or that expectation because then that starts the story of what's the point of it because it's always going to be there. But I know that half a step forward gives me half a step of new vision. And I just keep doing it, just keep moving that that little bit further. Your vision then gets a little bit further. And the other thing that I think is really important is that um, we get outside of ourselves. That is... Because it's so internal. It is so internal. Everything that I feel is about how I experience this world. And when I'm depressed, it's even worse. Everything in my world is about me right now. Every way the people look at me when they walk down the street. The cashier speaks to me. How my phone looks. I dropped my phone the other day and it wasn't just an accident. It was because I was terrible and horrible and of course that's going to happen to me because everything's falling apart and I deserve my phone to be broken. <laughs> we all do it. I know we all have those, but, you know, it's not like that. It's just that's, that's how this state affects us. And if I get outside of myself and ask, which is one of those things, what can I do for somebody else, you know? This, me coming to talk to you, has nothing to do with me. It was, what can I do for you in your project, in what you need to do? Because I don't give a fuck about me right now. I don't think I have any worth, but I know you do. And that's okay. I know that's not factual, but that's my reality right now. And that's okay, but I can do something outside of myself. And it's actually a lot easier because I don't care. I don't have the same nerves or anxiety around what comes out of my mouth because I don't see a future for me. So I don't have to worry about the outcomes of what happens after this conversation because my depressive state doesn't see a future. So doing this for you, I didn't have to plan for it. I didn't have to do anything. I didn't even care about what I, like, what I wore or where I was going. I didn't have to worry about it. So it was sort of easier to do it because I didn't have to <laughs> prep, right? I didn't care. <laughs> I just didn't care. I just had to show up because it was about you. And that's okay, you know? People always try to bring me back to, you know, you've got to do what's right for you. Sometimes it's okay to just do it for other people because that's what keeps me for this moment. Like how long have I been here? An hour and a bit. That's an hour and a bit that I haven't had to be in my head alone worrying about why I don't see a future or what the solution is for me. That's just, that's an hour and 17 minutes that I've just added to my day without me having to fight for it. Like that's simple work. You know, like that's why we need to get, and I always say that's why we need a community. That's why, you know, if we lived as a tribe where there was 50 of us living in one community, I could have days where I didn't have to serve myself. I only ever served you, you know, mm -hmm. and served the people around me. And that's actually really beautiful because it gives me a break from me. <laughs> and we, we do, we need a break from us sometimes. You know, however that is, let's just hope it's not through substances because we've been there before. Like I've been there before and substances can be anything. It could be eating food too. Eating even, food, you know, yeah, eat <clears throat> exactly. And just for that moment, that substance gives you a sense of relief. Mm. But to 
um, to help somebody else is a it's great addiction. It's a great addiction. You know, if I can manage it well, um, it keeps me outside of my own stuff. And sometimes I need a break from figuring out my own stuff because it's too heavy sometimes or I don't or if you like I said I'm in this space I can't see the solution there is no solution for my stuff right now other than raise my serotonin levels and once the serotonin levels are raised and I'm starting to feel a little bit more human like (laughs) um, once that then I can look at the things that I need to do that can help me and my career and my personal life and my marriage and my relationships but right now it's not the time to do it you know, the the letter to the self thing, I think is really important to touch on because I read a book when I was 19 called The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle, oh, yes, yeah. um, which is beautiful. It actually caused great anxiety for me. So if anyone else has read that book <laughs> and it causes great anxiety, they're not alone in it because um, it's beautiful to know that this passes. I'm in a really shitty space in my life at the moment it's like like the sun comes up the sun yes. comes down this will pass right on the other side of that when you're experiencing good things that will also pass <laughs> <laughs> it's the balance though but you need to you so need, then we can right. appreciate when yes. those good things happen right as yes. crappy as it is as when you're in those spaces yes. but then you appreciate yes. it with even more so that's what the power of now is is understanding that those two things happen yeah that the good news is that this will pass thank yep. you because i don't want to feel like this forever <laughs> um and the bad news is for someone who's feeling good it's gonna pass you're gonna be like shit again <laughs> and that's okay that's the balance of life right um the power of now is that knowing that in this moment this moment only exists if i can if i can um observe just this moment i don't have my past influencing it and i don't have a future to be scared of because it's only this moment and that's fucking anxiety provoking for me because it meant that I will miss moments. <laughs> I will miss them because I'm in my head thinking about something that happened to me when I was 10. I'm in my head thinking about, I really wish that I could go and talk to that person and say hi, but I'm too scared of rejection. I'm, I miss moments because my past is here, right? Like that's the anxiety provoking part of it. But the letter to my future self comes from that book in that if this moment in now is how I feel, I want my future self to know. I want to talk to that future self in that moment and say, hey, remember this moment Mm. and what it felt like and what mattered to you right here, right now? That's what I did when I gave up cigarettes. I, I reminded myself what it was like and I tried to give up cigarettes time and time again. And time and time again, I tried and tried and all of these things. And then one day I said to myself, holy fuck, now you got it. What it feels like for the urge to want a cigarette, you don't know what that feels like when you're smoking because <laughs> the urge isn't there, right? <laughs> it's only there when you stop smoking. So we prepare to stop smoking without the urge there, but I don't prepare my future self for what it feels like to the urge to want a cigarette. Mm. So I sent a message to my future self while I was smoking and said to my future self, hey, nay, remember these things. When that urge comes up and you want a cigarette, I want you to know these things. It will pass because physically it will pass. Mm. It's a habit. Don't fucking suppress your emotions with a cigarette. 
because that's what you're doing. <laughs> Taking yourself out of a room to have a cigarette <laughs> um, isn't the answer, isn't why you felt more relaxed. You removed yourself from a situation is the answer to why you felt more relaxed. It wasn't the cigarette. Remember that. It wasn't the cigarette that made you feel more relaxed. It was that you walked out to have a cigarette and whatever was happening in that room made you stressed. Remember that, Renee, remember that. The other thing I want you to know is these are the things that I don't like while I'm smoking and these are the things that's gonna ask me to um, stop smoking. These are the reasons why I'm stopping to smoke. I don't like the smell of it. I don't like spending the money. I don't like these things. I don't, and I'm, I don't like these while I'm smoking, mm. but you forget all of that <laughs> when, when the urge to have a cigarette is there, right? And that future self telling, it was me. And I know I'm honest, I don't lie to myself. So I knew when I was in that moment of that urge, I was like, hold on a second. Both things exist in this world, nay. Yeah. The urge to want a cigarette and you smoking the cigarette, those two versions of you exist. Yeah. They exist, make a choice now because that urge isn't always gonna be there. So do you wanna go back to the person smoking it, smoking cigarettes, telling yourself all of the things that you didn't like? telling yourself that you couldn't do it or do you want to just hold on to this moment and it will pass and you can go forward like that future self stuff is so cool because but your future, future self, self exists is right powerful and like you said you can't it's you it's you so whereas we would like you said when your group of friends and even your husband were saying things to you and you know you'd rebut against in this uh, yeah. particular in this, space yeah. you're in now but can you rebut against yourself? Fuck no. It's you. you. God damn it, it's you. It's you. you. Yeah. And you know, so you can can be really (coughs) passive-aggressive or aggressive with yourself and being like, I know you want to rebut with me, but I want you to remember this is how I felt now. This is how I feel now. And so you feel like that then in your future self. Just remember, you can feel many things. Yes. You can feel many things. And maybe, maybe you're tired and maybe, you know, maybe there's other things things happening at play, but like you can't, you can't argue with yourself unless you're dishonest with self, then that's a whole different, different, that's 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 another conversation, that's another conversation, but that, that is just, I don't know, like, this, this is powerful stuff. Renee, Mm. and you can rebut that later if you want to, but it's, it honestly is it, even I'm like, yeah. Something so simple that we can all implement. Um, there is one question I'm going to ask you before okay. we wrap up. And just so everybody knows, we're actually going to re-interview Renee when she comes into her usual bubbly self that she is. I mean, I can still see it right now, but she's not, you know, feeling like she's in that space right now. But we are going to come back and interview her after to speak to Renee in that space. And I'm going to ask the same question too when it gets there. But um, just before I ask this question, I just wanted to say thank you so much for sharing what it's like for you right here and now. And I know you may think, again, I'm going to put that title on it, not because, yeah. just because, yeah. um, that depression, depression or depressive title, that space. Yeah. As much as you're sharing it about that, I see myself in a lot of that story and I don't think I'm thinking now, my story say to me, <laughs> Bro, you in that space? I'm like, wait a moment. No, I thought this this is everything you're saying is everything that I feel when I'm running because I run, like you said, that selfless thing. I don't run for me and I'm not here to talk about me, but 
I see it and I'm so thankful to have listened to part of your story today and I can't wait to hear the second part of it too. But let's roll into the last question I have and I just want you to give me your honest answer. What would you say to the version of yourself that is just about to walk into this particular space? What would you say to them? Like... So you're just about to go into the space that you're currently in now. I don't know when that particularly started, but looking back at Renee then, what would you say Hmm. to her? The answer is not to not feel. (laughs) When we are depressed, I want to stop the depression. There is life outside of that, right? But what if... What if a successful life means that I observe all of it and attach to nothing? Wow. What if, what if? And what if the rat race is all of us humans (coughs) running from how we feel to find the thing that makes me feel different? So what if I just accept and surrender to the depressive state? And not think that that creates me to be less successful or less valuable. What if I just lean into it? And what if the fight of me accepting and surrendering it is the journey that um, of life or success? What if that is success? You know, I don't know if I truly believe that, but it it makes logical sense. Thank you so much, Renee, for today. Oh my gosh! (laughs) Thank you. Is there anything else you'd like to share before we switch off? I'm good. Thank you. If you were going through something similar, I encourage you to reach out. And if through reaching out, you're still unable to get the support that you require, Maybe try some of the things that Renee has mentioned. Writing a letter to your future self. Writing a letter to those who are in your support network, giving them permission to do things you know you may not want to do, but you also know that it's to your benefit. You could also record yourself speaking to your future self so when you feel yourself going down that pathway, you know that that material is true because it's you speaking to you. Maybe you are your own solution. Thank you for listening to the Hashtag Hope Wall podcast with your host, Destiny Davies. Check out our messages on Hashtag Hope Wall via thesolitudeproject.com.